You're listening to On Conversation, and I am the legend Keith Chandler. Welcome back. Our second episode of season two, which is topsy and turvy. It's just the way it's going to be. At a distance, these things get challenging. We are technologically deficient, or at least I am. Anyway, on this episode, we discuss Facebook and InstaPerfect. The homogenization of businesses, people, styles, and cultures, and what that means, what that doesn't mean. Later in the episode, we discuss the controversy surrounding Dave Chappelle and the LGBTQ movement and what we do or don't think about that. Uh, Keep in mind, we are just two white dudes riffing on some stuff that we might not should be riffing on. Also, uh, we get to introduce my analog mixer finally. So I get to play with some new goodies, sounds, and toys, uh, much, much, much to Brad's chagrin. Uh, Again, Joey will jump in and join us over the next few episodes, I believe, when he can. I also think we're going to have some rotating cast members here pretty soon, uh, but that's it. Again, all opinions expressed on, on conversation are mine and Brad's alone and are not representative of anyone else or any of our sponsors. No one's really sponsoring us right now, so I'm going to say our sponsor for this episode is Pepsi-Cola. Born right here in New Bern, North Carolina in 18-something or other, 98, I think. Brad's drink. That's what it was called, Brad's Drink. Anyway, hang with us. Enjoy the episode. Let us know what you think. SweetSoundsRecords1 at gmail.com. We greatly appreciate your support. The opening track is a no-name track by the Intergalactic Dharma Free Jazz Mix Collective. They'll have a record coming out soon. Enjoy the show. been chatting a little bit because we haven't seen each other in a couple weeks because we're doing this squad cast business where we zoom into each other's lives and for a snapshot or two and kind of hang out and we can see each other you can't see us but we can see each other which makes it a much easier type conversation believe it or not yeah Mm -hmm. outside of my uh, self-induced technological difficulties we've done pretty well this morning I can't get him to buy these cheap ass $60 headphones. He's got to rig up this complete 
complicated <laughs> business with a extra expensive mic and nice headphones <laughs> and a mixing board. That shit don't work. <laughs> I really, I, I but he got it working. He got it working. I'll give him credit. Took him. Mm. 20 minutes 20 minutes <laughs> got yeah. it working yeah well okay first and foremost the, my biggest problem was i'll say this real quick because i'm gonna call this guy um the, his name is roy herrick he's with uh i think it's the swansboro economic development council there was an article in the jacksonville daily news online and he's talking about how swansboro why i don't know and this is why i'm gonna call him i want to ask swansboro is a little town that we live in Keith lives in and is from, and it's very close to, I'm very familiar with it. So it's a little coastal town. Yeah. Cause in case you haven't heard us talk about it before, cause we have. Yeah, and cause Brad's from the other really small, but much, I hate to go on record and say this, but arguably much nicer and much more usable, <laughs> very pretty downtown of Beaufort. So, um, <laughs> but, but, uh, the guy says we need more in industrial and more commercial so that we can increase the wages of the local residents. I'm, I, I don't, I want to know what industry he thinks we need and where we're going to put it. They're talking about over the next three to six months. Uh, Probably being, up towards Jacksonville. I would imagine no, that's no, the only he's, place. He's talking about right here. That's what I'm well, I don't this. know where he's going to put it. Well, that's what I said. There's not only a, so many, so much, there's water. We got water. That's right. <laughs> they're, they're talking about overhauling the sewer systems here so it can handle more sludge. They just had a, a, a break that spilled out some, I don't know, 30 some thousand gallons of raw sewage just right out here into the uh, intercoastal like three, four weeks ago, didn't, they didn't make a big uh, scene about it. They sh they said, don't swim in it for about a week, but you know, yeah, just make the sewer system bigger, bring more people here. No big deal. There's no ecosystem here. Don't worry about it. Well, the thing is too, it's not just the ecosystem. I mean, you know, it, notoriously, when you would allow a Walmart in your area, wages drop. Because in general, even if the average workers in those small businesses were, were not paid super well, they did get paid okay. And also, the owners get paid a lot better than if you're a manager at Walmart, mm. right? And so now they probably have better insurance. But in general, wages drop in an area when a Walmart comes in because they close down all the little retail hardware. Well, I guess they haven't hit Ace Hardware there, but they, you know, I, I imagine they put pressure on all the little hardware stores, all the little clothing stores, all the little whatever yeah. kind of stores. Now we're seeing a backlash against Walmart where a lot of these little like even in New Albany, we have a men's clothing store that opened up. Like in Beaufort, there's a men's clothing store. There Now, there's not a Walmart in Beaufort, and the Walmart's pretty far away from I – mean, it's in Moorhead, but it's on the other side of Moorhead away but, from Beaufort. But still, it's there. But there's a there's men's clothing stores there. Now, no, the, a lot of those clothing stores are not for Beaufort natives because they have $100 shirts in there. Right, sure. But they're more for the yacht people that come in and the tourists that are there. But there's still options to buy clothes, nice clothes, like, right. and especially for women. There's organic fabric shops there and well, fabricate. The, and That's the only and, business in downtown Swansboro's women's boutiques. But I, I digress. So 
Oh, was, antique shops. Yeah, antique junk shops. I was trying yeah. to get the guy's phone number and email, and then I was trying to copy and paste the article since the computer couldn't run it because there's so many ads, so that right. I could ask the guy very specific questions. Hey, you were quoted as saying X. Why did you say this? Anyway, long and short is Jacksonville Daily News kept freezing my computer. So that was the first issue. Then there was the issue with the mixer trying to hear each other. Oh, I forgot what we were even talking about. We're talking about that. Okay. But the, but the, yeah, we've already moved on. But the reason, yeah. the specific reason that I wanted to use this mixer and I, I, I want to try to continue to use it. Are you ready for this? This is, you're going to love because this. Because you just like all the buttons on it? That, but I'm going to be able to do something in these podcasts that you can't now. You ready? Echo. Oh, no. Oh, that's not, great. Not, it worked. I could hear it. Oh, but I can't hear it because I'm not in the mixer. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, I got to figure this out. Have you got yeah. like cars going by and horns blowing and Brad? I know. That's, that's just lovely. So I wonder if you're hearing that, if it's recording it. Oh, it's I hope probably so. probably recording it. Oh, I hope so. You'll, you'll hear it in the recording. <laughs> but right. you need like people, you need a clap track, <laughs> a laugh track and a clap track. I want to start doing that. Yeah, that makes it even better. The laugh track makes people laugh. It really does. <laughs> it's, so, it's so goofy. Uh, really, really quick before we get to, the, to our, I think, our proposed topic. Sam and I have been watching some of the older, like older, older TV shows where they have the stock, like audience, you know, like clap noises. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're so bad. It's so good. Uh, anyway, so I, what we're going to talk about the InstaPerfect or are we going to talk about Chappelle? Or do you want to do both and just talk about Chappelle very briefly at the end? Yeah, let's talk about InstaPerfect first. Because the reason I only say we could skip the whole one Chappelle thing, the reason I bring that up is because the podcast that he did, they kept saying they didn't think anyone was doing anything like it. And and I, I guess maybe they're not. But all it is is somebody's just adding in a lot of music, reverb, delays. It's like studio trickery. So and while he's talking? Uh-huh. Yeah. What's he talking about? So this is part of his special or no? This was just He he did a podcast. I don't I assume it's still on. It was on a specific podcast network. It's and just a Dave Chappelle podcast. It's him, Yasin Bey, who some people might know better as most deaf, and Talib Quelle. Yep. Uh, and I it's like excerpts of conversations that they had. I think Is Talib on, reggae. Um I think he's hip hop. He might sprinkle that way. Okay. But I think he's more beat beat based. Okay. Um, not sure if he's like new school or old school because I'm ah. just not familiar with their music. That's all. I, okay. I, okay. I, I want to say Talib and Yasin did a group called Black Star together. That was pretty good. I've, I have heard that was really good. Just good, solid rap. Right. Um, but I might be wrong. on. I, but I have heard the pro anyway. Um, Chappelle's this is this podcast. It's like excerpts of their conversations weaved in and out of tracks they like beats and or like funky audio like the delays or it's like a dj mix with like five to ten minute conversations in between things like those are the sounds and then there's the segues which are the music the pieces the tracks run underneath the conversation the whole time they did that like, might be distracting sometimes they emphasize the audio like if someone makes a point or like there's this cool like break in a track it'll be like 
you know, and that's why things such and 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 such. Right, right. And then it, and then it, you know, it goes on to the next thing. I think that would bug me. But there was way, I don't know if anyone, I think they were on cassette tapes. I think someone used to dub them and sell them. But way, 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 way back, that's how Public Enemy met. Because I want to say Chuck D was doing like some kind of radio show or Flavor Flav was. And that's what they were doing was they were like doing the audio, but like delaying it and messing around like production. Right. And one or the other of them heard that and they liked it and then they met and then they did it and then they got the band. And so I, I think part of why Chappelle and those guys were doing that was hearkening back to okay that that's cool so so there's that anyway um but go ahead our our topic for today would be insta perfect insta perfect so tell tell your story you and sam are driving to wilmington i think we sam were we in wilmington are you back here were we in wilmington when you said that about things being insta perfect we're quoting you she says we think so we we don't leave the house much so probably um we were walking around and we were looking at some of the shops and we were in were you in mayfair no no i i know exactly where we were but i don't want to say the name of the business because i i don't want to i have no problem with it's the... not their fault they're trying to trend okay what well, you're saying. yeah exactly yeah so i don't okay. want to like unfairly label somebody they're trying to ride wade the ride the wave of commercialism sure um, which is what a trend is. And we and we had a nice time at this place. But so we go to Wilmington. Wilmington's about an hour and a half away. We go to Wilmington from time to time. Wilmington's trendy-ish, uh, nice downtown, a lot of history. But we were going to, we've been now to several different breweries, for example. This is a relevant example of that. And we keep going into these places and we see pretty much a streamline of aesthetic. And it's all super modern, bold colors, empty spaces, exposed ceilings, white palettes, exposed ceilings, industrial or semi-industrial looks. Um, well, some of that's because that's cheap. No, and I understand that. I'm not. And again, I, I I'm not, especially I don't, in those old commercial buildings where finishing them would be very expensive. Yeah, and I and I don't. By no means do I want to imply that I don't like this because I do right. like some of these aesthetics. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. I'm not against it, but we were talking about it. We were sitting there and I was saying, you know, this just doesn't strike me. Like I'm not like, this is cool, but I'm not like, yo man, like you got to check this place out. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you see like people with uh, Sam is obviously on social media much more than I am. She runs a business. I I don't participate in any of that, but uh, the way people make their posts or what their posts look like, there's a, a certain, there's a definite streamline. You have um, the filters now for people's faces. Uh, right. Again, don't want to name names. Uh, uh, the mullet festival was this weekend, which is they're the, frigging annoying. The filters where they put ears on and they stretch their faces out. Yeah. That's all stupid. It's weird. And people and st- love it though. I, I don't, I mean, I just think it's stupid. I'm sorry if you really like that. No, I, I, I just I, think it's stupid. I agree. But so we're at the mullet festival and, 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 uh, Sam, we were, she happened to be on Facebook. This was weeks ago. And there was a picture of a young woman who lives here. I, I've never met the woman personally. I'm not, I don't even really know her name, but Mm -hmm. I I saw her picture and Sam was scrolling through and I said, wait, 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 go back. And I said, is that, is that really what that person looks like? 
And Sam said, well, here's what I think happens is she does the makeup to look like the filter and then adds the filter, which only accentuates the whatever. Okay. And, and the person looked looked like an anime cartoon, like didn't even look real. Right, right. I saw this young lady, if it was her, I'm almost certain it was. I saw this young lady out in the mullet festival the other day. I mean, I guess I can't get in trouble for this because I'm not even sure who her name is, and I so I can't highlight her, but not a real not a i guess not an unattractive person but not a real pretty person and 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 i i don't know like i would think if that's what the image that you're putting out to the public i i don't know i i would think that people who meet you in person are probably terribly underwhelmed and then i i don't know like uh i think with like well the the character i mean you have to be careful cuz that could be a mask Mm. Right. So she's trying to hide either what she feels or imperfections because of the way masculinity preys on, you know, kind of like this whole idea of what feminine beauty is. And I guess prey is not the word, probably influences, you know, this whole idea. And so if you become an anime character or character ish, you become smooth angular a lot of the anime females look the the bodies are very similar the males mm. and female bodies are very similar they kind of merge to one kind of look yeah um and, and lith so like an elf would look if you imagined what an elf i mean like like our version our 21st century version of an elf everyone looks know, like uh live tyler and um lord of the rings or something yeah or or <laughs> or uh what's his name you know that played uh oh legolas uh Orlando bloom legolas yeah Orlando bloom that thin you know very lith kind of character that's quiet and Nar narrow features yeah very long faces and whatnot so but the, I, but the I, homogenization i guess and 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 to take it off a personal level going back to businesses just that idea right. of like Businesses are starting to look the same in the interior. They're all starting to go for kind of the same thing. Their pictures all starting to look the same. Well, they kind of trend on that. That probably is not unusual. So businesses trend on whatever currently is possible, you know, is popular in fashion in style in furniture like we're moving remember we've moved into kind of a mid-century modern kind of style for business mm. so that is very scandinavian modern blocked um iron steel mesh all those different things that we used back in the 60s you know um and now and then they kind of went away for the thick wood dark and now we're moving back to where we're clearing out spaces we got marie kondo organizing people's shit you know um and and uh you know people are clearing that shit out so that's part of it is just the space like you giving people space and some of it is those areas are easier to keep clean they're easier to sanitize you know people standing so close together like you would in a, in a pub so you know that would be dark and close and and have plaid furniture in it and really stuffed mm. things that 
keep people really close because we want people separated. Part of it might be because of the pandemic. Like we want people separated, but it's probably a natural wave of style that flows through the population. So, okay. Then if there's a, you know, a movement toward or a consistency toward a, a, a trope or a, an idea, then with their, say like Instagram or their Facebook or even in the business itself, what then do you do as a business owner? What do you do that distinguishes you that's like, Eventually, that's the problem. Eventually, you're not distinguished. People get tired of that. And then someone comes up with something new, maybe even accidentally, and that causes the wave to move towards that. And then everybody starts doing that. Right. And I, so it's I, like women wearing high waisted pants, they look like shit, you know, but, but, Oh, I'm objectifying women. I guess I shouldn't say that. Most women hate those pants. I mean, there are a few women here that I've talked to that like those pants. They're called but I can mo- remember, jeans, right? Is that correct? Yeah, they're like the flash dance air. Like people will be cutting the hems out of their sweatshirts now <laughs> and the necks out of their sweatshirts. And they'll be hanging off your shoulders. Remember that remember yeah. that time? Yeah. Like during flash dance when she <laughs> she created that that movie helped create that whole trend, I think, of cutting uh, I mean, people were moving towards it anyway, but cutting the things off, you know, and yeah. But but what happens is fashion morphs like that it morphs from one end to the other and like we only have so many things we can do with a pair of pants right so in order for them to sell the newest thing like if you see the stars they're not wearing skinny jeans anymore they're wearing baggy jeans now Mm, like they're moving towards a trend you know and strangely enough which i thought was unbelievable i saw a kid a really built jock athlete looking kid probably was in high school with a string of pearls around his neck like like um harry styles does you know a lot of those movie stars that are harry's not really androgynous because he's very masculine looking with his tattoos but he wears like pearls and frilly shirts and stuff just to shift the argument like and this kid was really built and he had a they weren't very big yet like this string of 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 medium small size pearl choker around his neck along with you know some other shit that he had around his neck pendants and stuff but and he was like like a really built kid like and he was hanging out with all these other like kids you would think of as you know future fraternity brothers the all these kids were probably in high school right but you know, and then I saw literally like two days later I saw another kid with a diff another kind of pearl thing around his neck right it's bizarre like pearls have traditionally always been worn by women right and so i thought it was an interesting stretch like these kids in this little town now i guess we're very close to a city but are are stretching these morphing they're morphing morphing these boundaries which i thought was pretty interesting but that's how style operates you know someone does it people talk shit about him but then people start saying hey look how great he looks or whatever he's doing this and then people or she's doing this and then people remember when madonna started showing her belly people shit a brick right yeah. like you know like it was so obscene for her to show her belly and now people shit you see people in the grocery store with their bellies hanging out right you know and it's it's kind of like an average thing no one really gives a shit anymore it's kind of 
you know, and eventually probably people will cover up their bellies. And I mean, there are dudes walking around with belly shirts on. Right? That's, yeah, that's and, true. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. And, and, uh, you know, so I think that, I think that, I think part of that is, is social media, which is what you were talking about is amplifying that. Well, so Don't you think I, I do actually, but I guess I can understand moving toward trends like as society does, like I get that and that things can be cyclical, you know, the idea that, um, I hope not, but I imagine one day pleated pants are going to be a thing again, you know? Oh, I've seen some really dressed up like older men that are super stylish. Like they have their, their, sh their shirts are starched, which means they're done by a dry cleaner. Yeah. Like, and they had pleated, like tailored pleated pants on. Oh gosh. Um, and one of them even had a cuff on. I don't know whether he's wearing, so you got to be careful because people wear retro clothes. Like they've gotten, right. you know, from their grandparents or whatever, and they have them fitted and they wear them. Cause you can say retro now. And that is cool. Like my retro watches. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I get people moving toward trends and being trendy and that kind of thing, but I don't know. I, I, I'm not, I don't think I'm hitting quite the essence of like this particular style of homogenization that I'm talking about. Like this, this is like something that I think is like an undercurrent that, that transcends the trend, this like consistent homogenization of things. Like well, every, every let's put it like this, and, right. and, and no, no, no uh, disrespect to any of the breweries in Wilmington, but with the exception of like one or two, if you've been to one beer brewery in Wilmington, you've been to them all. Like you don't need to dip dot around the town and like bar hop. That's cool. That's fun. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. What I'm saying is, if you've been to, if you've been to one, you've been to them all. Uh, so the. The older breweries have maintained the same, like the Front Street Brewery. Is uh, it the same? I, now, the Front Street one, I I haven't been in. Sam may have. So is it one you've been in before? Have you ever been in it before? It's been there for like 50 years, 30 years. Probably. It's been, but, it was there when I was in college. I, I, so I'm going to wager a bet that, yes, I have, but one of two things is why I don't remember. Either it was I was plastered, which is a good yeah, possibility. Yeah, I believe that. Or... It's because it looked so much like everything else. I really can't distinguish it from the next thing. It looks like a parlor. It looks kind of like Clausen's inside. You know what Clausen's downtown Beaufort looks yeah, like? Yeah, I was probably sloshed then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the, I would imagine it probably still looks like that. I'll make they might have cleared out some tables. Uh, okay. Well, I'll make a more crude analogy, but but still applicable. Um if you've seen a pornography on Pornhub, if you've seen just one, you've probably seen every pornography that's ever ever been created ever in the history of man. Well, there's only so many positions, right? Well, that's kind of my point. So it's like, and and I guess I guess I'm defeating my own argument here, my own topic. It's like, <laughs> I guess you can only set certain businesses up, but so many ways. But I, I guess I'm just wondering, like, if everyone's taking the same pictures on social media from the same angle with the same lights and the same filters, like, doesn't that subconsciously somehow fuck up our like, uh, like the way we're seeing the world? Like everything. I don't know. I, I, I would feel like if I spent the majority of my life viewing the world through the filter of a phone and then suddenly went out into the world and experienced the places that I'm looking at on a phone or the people. It would come as a great shock and disappointment to me to find 
that these places and these people aren't at all what what I thought or what I had well, been. That's what people say about travel photos. Like they go even before, I mean, when they used to, before digitally touched photos, you know, mm. they would have these colorized photos of Malibu, like from the 50s, like these postcards. Have you ever looked at those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're colorized. They have this ideal vision of what Malibu is when they only use black and white film. They colorized them. Like so, and people would go there and there's, you know, Malibu is especially Malibu had some rough times, you know? And so like these idealized versions, kind of what a portrait does of people, like the portrait of Marie Antoinette and Louis the 14th, right? So the portrait makes them look a lot better than their slovenly selves were. Right. Right. Um, and so I think probably we always want to do that naturally, but let me add something in and you'll dig this. So in social theory, we have this idea that societies tend to become the same, like their hegemony and the, the social construction of a society pulls them into something called standardization. Hmm. And you probably heard this over and over and over again. Um, and, and from there is a weird correlation it's a correlation we haven't really proved it but as empires end they get closer and closer to standardization now is that because it doesn't have anything to do with empires ending, right? So, I mean, cor correlations are not causation. So, I mean, it just so happens that the more and more a place standardizes, the easier it is to corrupt for some reason. Um, and I think maybe because uniformity is relatively weak genetically and biologically. Well, once there's uh, a pattern, and you can exploit the pattern. I mean, right. You know. And so Rome is a great example of of kind of this, the Greek city states. Um, and and I'm, I'm sure if there's a, a real historian, they'll be bitching about something that I just said. But <laughs> but um, but I breath. just I just think that I just qualify. I'm not a, I mean, I'm not a, 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 a publishing historian. So um, but. But, and, but some of them, I mean, I read these from, from astute historians who talk a little bit about this. Now, like I said, it's still just a correlation. But I think about, you know, the idea of a purebred, you know, how weak they are genetically, hmm. you know, because they're so homogenized down into these certain features. And with those features comes the weakness of all those features. Right. This particular, just like our worldwide um, economic system, the weakness of it has seriously been point out, pointed out since the pandemic. Mm. Just the fact that we can't get, we've got shortages of things that we need to keep our economy running, parts and shit like the chips from China, you know, that we simply don't have. And Cat so, <laughs> yeah, or whatever, clothespins, right? We just don't have the pieces to, because they're made in other countries because it's been a lot cheaper to exploit the labor of other countries. So, right. I mean, I think that what you're, 
what you're commenting on is that phenomenon, the homogenization of society. Everybody starts looking the same. They listen to to Gaga music, totally produced, overproduced music. They wear the same clothes. They have the same hairdos. They become like anime characters, right? right? They become like caricatures of themselves instead yeah, of being that's exactly unique. what I was just thinking. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I guess it's weird. Cause like, uh, I don't know, you know, again, I think about history and in, in circles in the sense of, I'm sure there was a time in history where everyone dressed and looked the same because that's all you had. Right. And then as textiles came in and industrialization and things, things got more varied because you could. And now with this introduction of the, everyone's a star uh, society we live in everything is now getting back to because everybody like i don't know it's like well i gotta look this way dress this way do this dance because i know this is a proven formula and so but it's really not because if too many people do it then it's not the formula for being a star right and 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 so what i'm afraid of now is that like uh, i guess as a as a culture we're jumping from lily pad to lily pad as opposed to trying to like uh branch out i guess metaphorically speaking well i think that's kind of like what like, so there's certain things that should be the same civil rights should be the same right um access to opportunity should be the same um you know access to natural resources should be the similar right but we have to have different thinkers we have to have people that believe different religions we have to have people that believe all these other things to make us strong as a world right we can't all turn into you know, the white homogenized, you know, anime looking character, which is not even Anglo-Saxon, which, you know, would probably bother a whole bunch of wackos, but (laughs) it, 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 that's why these movements for cultural diversity and, 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 and I, I'm funky about the term cultural appropriation because there's, there's a, a very fine line between flattery and appropriation. Mm. And cultures tend to absorb what they love about other cultures, right? As they mix together, yeah. which forms can form a whole new culture, right? That, that wasn't there before because of the mixture of the, of the thing. So the term cultural appropriation, I think is probably a little on the fringe for my beliefs, mm-hmm. but um but I do believe that we need to celebrate our differences and celebrate what we have in common. Like we've got two celebrations going on. Both of them are equally valuable because what happens is just like you said, if we get to homogenization, there'll be nothing interesting, right? Everything, your eyes will be so used to everything. Your voice will be used to saying the same things your ears will be used to hearing the same things, right? That's what I believe anyway. Yeah. Which is kind of like what I think you're saying. Yeah, in a sense, yeah. And and I, I don't, I just, I just find it, I guess, like I said, when Sam kind of made that comment, it kind of hit me real hard. And I just thought, yeah, it's all, everything's got to be insta-perfect because if it's not, then it's not acceptable. And I guess I worry about the, 
fallout of an entire, I don't know, let's like uh, Facebook went down, I guess. I, I, again, I, I, I have to confess to the few people that do listen. I'm not, uh, I'm not. I didn't even know because I, I haven't looked at Facebook probably in a month. Yeah, well, I'm not as aloof as I, as I come off, I guess, sometimes. But truly, like, I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Instagram. I really don't get into internet news. I, I go to YouTube every day, but I usually look up magic videos or music videos, sadly. Um, and if I'm reading news, I usually cruise through headlines just to see what people think is important. But like, I just don't give a shit. And I'm not trying to be like mean or weird about it. But I guess I had read where the face, the, the headline where Facebook went down for like a whole day. And that also subsequently was the day that Twitter had the most new accounts created, like since the, like ever in its history since the previous time several years ago that this that 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 people were joining Twitter in mass, right? And I thought, Jesus, like people can't be without it. And, and I'm not even saying that in a bad way, like whether it's for communication or self. Right, right. Or, or like who who knows which shows you how much power those companies have which is why we need a secretary of we actually need a secretary of technology well it's frightening right? in the government like we need this you know another cabinet position that's a secretary of technology but i worry like because we don't need to necessarily regulate these the well yes i guess we do need to regulate these i mean if everybody has to have it and it becomes a public good then, I mean, in theory, we control the airwaves. Um, you know, we should be controlling the cable, really, at least with fairness rules, because it's running over public property. It's running in rights of eminent domain. They use all the powers of government to be able to build their systems to transmit their shit. So, I, I don't know. I It is sad because is it replacing real camaraderie? Well, okay. or is it just a new form? Well, I, like it could, maybe it might not be bad. It might just be a new form. Well, and I'm and that's what I'm saying. Like I'm I'm open to the possibility that this could be a positive new thing. What I'm, what I'm, I guess what I would be worried about is what would happen. Okay, let's say Facebook just goes down. Period. Like that's mm -hmm. it, or Twitter even, or both, right? Mm -hmm. What happens to a whole generation or two of people of the insta-perfect, and then suddenly it's not there? What kind of mass, I would think, I, I mean, considering, look, I mean, you know, according to some studies, I'm, I'm not a scientist, I don't know, I'm an English major, I'm a hack, but looking at a computer screen is the same thing as snorting cocaine. I would think we were going to have a mass wave of worldwide depression. Which is why people need to cut their damn Facebook off for several days a week. Or like, like or just not look at it. Yeah, just not look at it. Instagram. Like occasionally I'll go several days without looking at Instagram just because I don't, you know, I just don't want to be. The only thing I look at every day is my email. Um, but you know, at some point we have to talk to the people that are around us and enjoy our family members and friends and shit. Well, and like and, it's and again, bizarre. Here we are using tech for a really great thing. Like obviously when you're here, you know, we hang out once or twice every week or so 
you know, sometimes for the podcast, sometimes just to hang out, have coffee or dinner or whatever we're doing. And, right. and this is cool. Like I'm not slamming this. Um, mm-hmm. It weirds me out to a certain extent, but whatever, it's cool. But, but I mean, I'm also not living on this stuff. And so it's like, I don't know. I just feel like if, if, if there's an, a homogeny in people and a homogeny in businesses, like every brewery is this, every pub style restaurant is this, every coffee shop is this, like what, like it just falls into that category, that column. Right. What happens to people then? And then like, if someone does something different and then everyone shifts and then that's the next new column, but what about, and I don't know, I mean, I, I guess I'm not as well-traveled or as world-savvy as I, I know I'm not, but I, that I would like to be. But I just wonder, like, in other places, like, what, 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 what is the distinguishing differences in, in businesses or, or social clubs or, or whatever? Like, I, I, I just, like, what's that feel? What's that? And it's not even about, like, the thing that gives you the edge to make more money. Or like, what's the thing that establishes or distinguishes your business as being, and I'm not even saying like that makes it better than the rest, or that's the diamond in the rough. Just what do you do in this frame that makes you different? This is the same question, the bullshit question that people ask you or used to ask me when I was in my twenties on like corporate interviews and shit, like what? Uh, Mr. Chandler, uh, we see here, uh, what's the thing that you think sets you apart from all the other uh, candidates uh, applying for this position? And you'd have to come up with some stupid bullshit like, oh, well, I'm sure everyone else is really smart, but gee willikers, I, you know, I really dive in deep and da 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 da. So I guess I'm asking that same bullshit question in general. Like, if if I go to your coffee shop and you look like you're selling local art, killer great you've got local coffee killer great you've got a business cardboard fair trade coffee yeah fair trade yeah killer yeah. great you got a bathroom great um you got good looking young men and good looking women working at your counter great uh you make a great latte great what's the thing that what what do you do that makes you different do you have a specialty drink that no one else does do you well they try to do that do you do you offer a certain service or a thing do you have like a hey we have a a spoken we have a poetry slam every wednesday like or a D &D night or i'm just like and maybe i'm maybe i'm pushing for too much maybe i expect too much because all things considered like i say outside of work and going to visit occasional friends i never leave the fucking house so what am i even complaining about yeah what are you complaining no (laughs) really really I see what you're saying, but I think that's pretty much a phenomenon that's always existed in human existence as we've come together, like um, as a as a as a society. Because I just feel like that we tend to do that, and then we tend to break apart, and then figure out something new, and then we tend to do that. So I think coffee and beer are probably different because they're addictive, mm. right? And so. But if you were saying clothing store, that would be a different. Well, maybe style's addictive too, to tell you the truth. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not the arbiter of all this. It's just, and, and I'm not, I don't want to take anything away from anyone that would allow them to der- derive joy or meaning 
in their life. And I, and I know I've been really guilty of that in the past <laughs> because I'm so critical about it, but I, I just, cause you're a bummer. No, I'm just joking. Well, I can be. I love you. Um, <laughs> but I, I worry, man. Like I just, I want, so don't like, worry about that because I think that's why franchises work because people want uniformity in their lives. They want the least amount because of the way our fight and flight things work. We want to not be surprised. But if you're a mom and pop business, why do you, why would you want to aim for un uniformity if you're not a chain? Well, because you get the similar kind of thing. People mm. walk in there. Oh, this brewery is nice. Right. It looks like the brewery and so-and-so. Oh, I wonder if they have as good a beer. Okay. Right. So that uniformity breeds safety and comfort. Mm. Right. So that's why franchises work. So they know when they pull off the interstate, a McDonald's burger is going to pretty much be the same wherever they right. they get it, you know, so they don't have to take a chance on a bad burger. Now, there's probably a lot of other things you could take a chance on than that uh, or take a chance on that than other things. Let's but, put it like this. Yeah. I wouldn't get the fish sandwich if I was in Kentucky. That's just me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We shouldn't get the fish sandwich in there because it, it, it yeah. comes it comes from Africa or somewhere. Yeah. Who knows? But uh, but I can see, yeah your your comment is probably there's probably a word for it like sociocultural infusion. Like I think I think there's probably if we looked it up there's probably a word cross cultural morphing or something there's probably a set of words that describe the particular phenomena because it's probably happened over and over and over again it's driving me crazy oh my god that's a doubler oh! is that doubling it's a pitch that's <laughs> oh, okay that looked that sounded like it was doubling your voice or tripling your voice <laughs> i'm just messing around now okay yeah so now he's getting bored with what i'm saying so no, this is what he does i'm not bored I'm not bored. So bored. let's move on from this. So the, the, we'll comment on this phenomenon again, because it's probably something we need to talk about because is, are these electronic gadgets homogenizing us or actually splitting us into pieces, mm. which you would say with your theory that we're running with, that it'd be maybe better for us to be split into pieces theoretically right but you're only talking about style it depends or... on it depends on how you want to frame that statement i i like robert frost believe that good fences make good neighbors but you have to understand that metaphor but you have to have low fences correct right or, like waist high fences or no fences but the no, idea you, no you probably need fences well some you have to have personal boundaries Right. But you don't need to have walls put up like. That's one thing good at COVID. They don't, people just don't come up. Well, it might not happen in this. I mean, it happened in the South. People still come up and give you a big old hug. If I, You're like, who the hell is that? Yeah. If I could go so far as to say, you want to live like Robert Frost, not like Pink Floyd. Let's put it yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? um, but no. you should probably read some Robert Frost to us. Hmm have some Robert Frost within arm's length. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, you are an English major. Yeah. Right. Um, I just think that 
if we're going to frame it about being in pieces, that the pieces aren't that we want people to be separated and solitary. It's just that we want everyone gets on this big kick about, I want to express my individualism. Well, if your individualism is expressing your uh, homogenization, I guess it's still individual because you're doing it. But how individual is it if you're mimicking other stuff, I guess? Is well, what happens is I think people see something unusual. They dig it. Like, I get this happens to me. So, you know, I wear fedoras, right? I wear fedoras around the college campus, which is an easy place to get away with something that's not... I guess it's culturally acceptable. People just aren't used to seeing a fedoras right on people's heads. Um, now I wear them because my head is cold, right? Or it's keeping the sun off my head. And, and I don't wear them as much in the summertime, which is weird because the sun's hotter. But I wear them more in the wintertime to keep my head warm. Yeah. Um, and someone gave me my first one, I think, or I just, someone coaxed me into buying it. Right. And so I started wearing it. So people said, I wish I could get away with wearing a fedora. I've had people stop me in the hallway. Your fedoras are great. Like, I wish I could get away with wearing a hat like that. Mm. I'm like, just wear it. Mm. Right. And so a couple people have showed up with hats on, right, at school. So is that what we're talking about? Like slowly, if everybody started wearing fedoras on campus well, and on but, various campuses, because they saw that on Instagram, well, your theory would be yeah, I guess, rolling through society. Yeah, I and guess then the, people would stop wearing fedoras and they'd wear some other kind of hat or no hat at all well, or the, a bandana. The idea there, I guess, is that at least a couple of people recognize like, hey, this just doesn't fit me. They have no, no, but they're the ones that started wearing the fedora. Oh, mm -hmm. I think they just felt it didn't fit them because they just couldn't get away with it. Right. Or whatever. I don't know. It's because I, I have, you know, my suits on. Right. So, I mean, um, I guess also in a larger sense, again, outside the fact that I don't go out to places, why, why do I have a comment? To talk to me about style, I guess, is a really bad question. Because... I know, because you are wearing a Piggly Wiggly <laughs> hoodie. <Yeah. laughs> hey, man, uh, this cotton they get, dude, is like Egyptian stuff, man. This is fine, soft. <laughs> if you're, if you're, I'm, I'm going to throw it out, man. Hey, if you're looking for a great sweatshirt, head to the Piggly Wiggly here in Swansboro. I'm talking, this is like super soft cotton man. oh nice. my gosh yeah. i would never wear that thing oh come on brad it's a statement just because it says piggly wiggly on it but but look hey guess what not only <laughs> what? i'm i'm this i'm starting a trend that no one will follow and i'm being an individual and non-homogenizing all at the same time but that's you you naturally do shit like that either to stretch the like your dashiki yeah I've, I've been known to wear some dashikis yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're just so but, some of it is just your you don't want to fit in. But shit, like man, you don't want to homogenize. Uh, you know, we were talking earlier about suit pants. We won't get into why, but you know, my my inseams of 32. But most of the time, I'm wearing a five inch inseam ombro short, and I have been since I was about three. So I'm not the guy to talk to about style. No, but that is kind of your style. Like seeing you in umbros isn't weird, but seeing, <laughs> but seeing, say, 
Tyler in Umbros would be weird. It's, would be you very see what strange. I mean? Yeah. Because he just doesn't, even though Tyler probably played soccer when he was young, you know, he, I I just, I don't, you know, it's just because you've been rocking them for so long, people just kind of expect you to be in them and you were really into soccer. So, and that's kind of carried over. It's like my white bands, like, you know, I wear those as like a, well, they're back in style now. Yeah. But that's like a uniform, you Mm -hmm. know? Ever since uh, the the cover of the uh, Ramones record, the first Ramones record, where they're all got they're all the white checkerboard ch- ones, uh, or no, they're, they're just, just white, flat white, man. It's a uniform. I've had a pair of those before, but not and, not slip-ons. And I'm not even like huge on the Ramones. It's just it's a uniform. You have to do it, you know. Right, right. So, <clears throat> so right. I think we covered this topic pretty well. Uh, like, so uh, you want to back wanna to the beginning? Move to something very quickly, and then we'll we'll head out so you can get some uh, grub here soon. Yeah, so so this is something current. Oh, okay, yeah. So the thing with Dave Chappelle. um, Yeah, I got to eat in a little bit. I'll be falling out of the chair. Sam and I watched the new special on Netflix, which is called The Closer. Uh, Admittedly, we both thought it was funny. Um, He tells some very interesting stories, which Chappelle does. Um, But he's gotten a lot of flack for this, for making... Uh, the the allegations are that he's punching down and making denigrating remarks to the LGBTQ plus community. And he came out in the special and said that he's a, a turf, which is a I forget exactly specifically what it stands for, but basically that he agrees with women who feel that to be a woman, you have to be a biologic woman, not that. They don't accept that there that you are, have to have a vagina. I, I guess so. Yeah. Or that, that you have to. Can you have a manufactured vagina, or do n- you have no, to be like genetically? I think it's the genetic. Yeah. Okay. I think it's like a, a quote unquote science argument. And, and and again, I'm not. I'm not. I know this is like a really slippery slope that we're. That well, we're, when you, especially now that we can pick sexes. I think that's we're going to get into some really murky water very, very shortly, and his argument will be useless. Sure. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. anyway, he 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 has been getting a lot of flack. Uh, the creator of Dear White People, who is a uh, a trans a transgender individual, uh, she uh, uh, they I guess they. Uh, and I'm, and I'm, I'm really not trying to fuck this up. Like, I, like I'm really trying yeah, to, yeah, you're doing a great job. <laughs> um, they are upset at Chappelle because they feel like, and this was something he talked about in the special was that someone wrote an article some years ago about him and said that he was punching down on trans people and that, and that, uh, he's, you know, vilifying them and this and that. And he tells this story in the special about a woman he knew, I believe her name was Daphne who was also a, a transgender individual and he befriended Daphne and Daphne really, really liked Dave a lot and idolized him. She wanted to be a comedian. So he got, a uh, uh, did a gig in San Francisco. He called her to have her open up. She opened up the show and bombed it. She was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was really impressed because she just plowed through it. Right. Right. And so I guess she had drank a little, went and sat in the audience for Dave's show right up front and somehow started like as Dave's in the set starts fucking with him, fucking with him. 
and somebody in the audience got mad and yelled at her and said something really probably demoralizing to her like hey does the drapes match the carpet i think was the comment dave said oh and he and he said without without even flinching she turned around and said i don't have carpet i have hardwood <laughs> and and i guess that's funny and yeah and i guess everyone started laughing and so then dave started engaging her in his set Right. And then because he ad libs really well. Yeah. And so everyone thought it <clears throat> yeah. was funny. Anyway, they befriended each other really, really, really well. Um, they went, he, he, tell, he tells us, you'd have to watch the special. He tells the whole story. It's really heartwarming, like the way right. he talks about this woman. Um, and ultimately, he goes on to say, you know, I did one special uh, where I made a joke about LGBTQ and everyone got mad at me and they were threatening my life and this and that and the other. And, um, Daphne went on Twitter and stood up for me and said, Dave Chappelle's not punching down at our culture. He really, right. he, I mean, he says in this special admittedly several times that he's transphobic. I don't think, yeah. I, I, don't, I think people immediately assume a phobia with like a problem. Again, this is a new movement. This is a new thing. I, and I'm, I think that people who don't understand it need to be careful about being patient and sympathetic and kind and empathetic to understand it. And I think the people that are in it need to be equally empathetic and kind to the exactly. people who are afraid of it. Right, because, exactly. Because, because you're talking it. about thousands of years of a social construction that has been developed by Europeans, white, patriarchal Europeans, that has been pressing down on society forever discriminating against these people and discriminating against people creating these divisions in people's minds that actually don't exist right that that have been happening for thousand years so the idea that dave can't really get over it right now but is willing obviously because he you know it's it's so probably what trans are doing is dave gave the i have a black friend story right and so um so <clears throat> people people that tend to haven't really embraced their racism or haven't really don't really understand the construct of racism. They always say, I'm not a racist. I got a black friend. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He basically said, but he's saying he's transphobic. That's the difference. So he's admitting that he's transphobic. Hell, I'm a little transphobic, probably only to the sense that I just don't know how to, like they is weird for me. Right. And even though I've gotten an argument with someone recently about they and the pronoun usage, uh, or not an argument, a discussion. Like I'm really open to to making trans people feel better, but I still have this weirdness, this weirdness about it, which is the pressure of the construction and everyone... pressing down on you. And and it's okay for trans people to be upset at David, and it's okay for him not to understand and try his best to do whatever he needs to do. Right. But they still need to not be threatening his life or doing dumb shit like that. Well, that's, so, that's, that's not productive. So he goes on to say that after this woman, Daphne defended him, um, she lasted six days. Now he admits he has no idea what was going on in her personal life. What was, you know, what was happening, this, that, and the other, but ultimately she committed suicide because her entire community turned on her 
Right. And that's probably what spurned it. So anyway, he, well, but that's super, super speculative. Sure, 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 sure. Of course, of course. Right, um, right. He probably shouldn't have mentioned that. So he 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 discusses all this and talks about it and, and how much it hurt him and and so he started a a, a trust. He's wounded yeah, about he, it. He started yeah. a trust fund for Daphne's or for Daphne's daughter. Right. And then he made a joke about which again I thought the joke was funny and I thought it was coming from a place of love and he said I can't wait till this little girl gets older. And I hope I live long enough for her to get to the point where she can get it because I want to give her the money and I want to tell her, hey, I knew your father. Right. And she was a great woman. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was, I, you know. Yeah, I, that's that's the contradiction that's inherent in the social construction that we're busy building new bridges that change the social construction. You got to remember all this shit's made up. Right. Right. Like the Greeks didn't think this way. Right. The American Indians, the Navajo had a, 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 a woman, a, a, a trans space mm. in their society for trans people. Well, I was to say, the, like, um, what is it? The, especially men to women. The Gothic. They were considered like these people that were touched by the gods and could communicate with the gods. I can't remember what their names were, well, but they had a specific name. So the idea that, that, this is not repairable that, that or that, you know, we're just working through these problems. Like we all have to do right. like, and then only a couple of days later, I guess Chappelle was at some event and made some speech where he encouraged people. He said, take a look around you and find someone that doesn't look like you. And when you leave here today, you go grab them and you go do something good for them. Cause you mm -hmm. got You got to be unified and he got a standing ovation. So yeah. here's, here's the creator of dear white people saying i'm never going to work with netflix again i can't do this these people are taking you know our space away and then here's Chappelle getting a standing ovation the next night for encouraging unity so it's very bizarre the only other thing i'll say about it was which i thought was interesting and because i'm not black i would never have considered this but i'm assuming that because Chappelle mentioned it that there's got to be some amount of credence to it which was and he said this in the very beginning he said black people don't hate gay people necessarily or lgbtq plus i guess that's like a big like social myth he said yeah. you know w we as a community don't understand but he said if anything we're jealous he said look at your movement look at how far you guys have come to claim a place in society and how well it's gone for you all things considered he's not saying it's been easy he's not saying that it's still not perfect he's not saying that you know he's he's very aware of this but he's saying, look at how far your movement has come in such a short amount of time. And look at all you've garnered and gotten. And here we are, black people, three, four, five, six, seven hundred years later. We still can't get this shit right. We're jealous. We're jealous of you. And I thought that was a very, 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 assuming there's any credence. To, I thought that was a mind-blowingly interesting statement. Yeah, they're probably, so there's probably something that does deals with social theory and the construct of race that's more powerful than the construct of patriarchy or whatever it is like maybe that that construct of not trans construct because that's it's it's the feminizing right i think it's the feminizing thing in the trans construct that 
that people like they're okay with gay men that are more straight quote acting is the way that they put it. Um, but again, like these are all things we're working through, but I would have to say that since Stonewall, the gay movement has done a stellar job, but you have to remember most of the people that started the, well, that I wouldn't say most of the people, the people that there was a lot of pretty astute and financially successful people that either chimed into the gay movement or were gay themselves, Mm. right? That were artists or lawyers or, you know, corporate people that were able to chime in monetarily Mm. and move the movement. The movement is probably really, really wealthy. Like if you consider, well, and I would think a lot of the men that are out are, are too, patriarch because of patriarchy they're men working in industry or men having their own whatever and men tend to have terribly enough a higher earnings than women do and so you double that together they don't normally have a kid so they're able to spend those earnings on activism and re-gentrifying neighborhoods and and the capitalists like them because they come in and gentrify everything, which is a whole nother issue. Right. Um, well, that is a problem with the, 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 the communities of color because that's the communities that they're gentrifying and raising the property values and, and the people of color are leaving um, because of the, the tax values or, or whatever. I mean, you can look up gentrification if you really want to get into that. I'm not an expert on it, but well, and speculative at best, I would think, you know, even within the gay community, if you're a white gay person or a white lesbian person, I'm not saying your life is easy by no means. Am I saying that's easy, but I would suspect it would be possibly easier than if you were a black gay. Oh, yes person or a Mexican gay person. I would think that I would think Asian gay. In other words, what you're trying to say is, and we're two white dudes talking right now, but, but what you're trying to say is the construct of color is more powerful than the construct of sexuality. Right. Like for society to accept, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is bizarre Yeah. because you think it would be not that. Right. Right. Have you seen Bridgerton before? Have you watched that? No. Have you and Sam watched that mm-hmm. on Netflix? No. Is it on Netflix or Prime? Do you have Prime? Uh, yes. Yes, Sam does. So look it up. Okay. You guys will dig it. So it is done by Shauna, the same person that did Grey's Anatomy. She's a person of color, excellent uh, producer and writer. Um, Shauna Grimes, I think that's her name. Uh, and um, Shonda Grimes. Shonda. And she's she rocks and rolls like Grey's Anatomy was stellar, um, and she I think she wrote it and produced it okay. uh, the first few episodes. I mean the idea is hers, and um, so I might be wrong on the Grey's Anatomy that being hers, but I know she produced it and she got a lot of accolades for it. And so she did this. So, but in this series, people of color integrated into like the duke that the story's about is is black and the person that he falls in love with is white 
but it is considered socially acceptable because the queen, the king married a black queen. And that kind of helps smooth out this idea. It's very simple, uh, simple concept, right? So it, the idea that it could happen is probably slim, but it kind of shows the justification. And so like to see an integrated society is bizarre, right? Like it, because we're so used to seeing like kings and queens that were white, you know, and, and, and in general, when, you know, obviously one of the richest people in the world at one time and powerful people in the world was King of Mali in Africa mm -hmm. sitting on his mountain of gold, right? So, you know, we have a really egocentric, Eurocentric, Spain, Britain, Belgium, the Netherlands, all that idea of what reality is mm. because that's in western philosophy especially if you had the greeks in there and since the enlightenment certainly is flows through that same thing you know even though it's hard to say that the greeks were not people of color i guess but um but they're not super considered that way in the same right? way it's difficult to say that jesus was arabic Right. It used to irritate people because John had a picture of Jesus as an Arabic person, right? Uh, like, and so he was brown skinned, you know, whatever. And people are like, who's that? John's like, that's Jesus. Oh my God. <laughs> they don't, they want their white Jesus with blue eyes. But, but I think that, um, oh, that you need to watch that show. It's weird how your brain slowly adjusts. Mm -hmm because the duke's really powerful like he's one of the most powerful dukes he's really wealthy and uh there's a scheme between the bridgertons the they're he's a viscount right so he's below a duke and he is trying to get his sisters married off right because he his dad died and it left him viscount and he's head of the family so it's super patriarchy so some of it is the girls pushing against patriarchy so the duke's a womanizer and so one of the bridgerton girls makes a deal with the duke to get her a, the best husband she can find so he they pretend like they're together to get the best husband she can find because if she's with the Duke, she must be badass. Mm. So, you know, and they're courting, so you can't have sex, but they're courting or right, whatever. Right, right. Um, and the fact that he would even court her and not have sex with her, the whole, it made every man want her. Right? Right, right. And so of course they fall in love, right? Because they're spending so much time together. Right. And he has this deep, dark secret that she has to figure out, but it is worth watching because it really plays on, and then by the time you watch the season, you're used to seeing that. Right. Like so, it's 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 so weird how your brain is so malleable that it just adjusts to it. Like that elasticity in your brain, even though those things are so powerful, when you're watching that show, it's not. After about the first three episodes, it's not strange any longer. Like your brain slowly, and then by the end, it's totally doable. Like it, and I don't know if Shonda was meaning to do that. Right. And they use really, they, they use country houses in Britain that are gorgeous and in Ireland, like so, and they're draped in jewels, just like they would have been in the 17th or late 17th century in Britain. Right. And so it's, it's strange. It is so strange. Okay. Um, and part of it is 
because in the story the king gets dementia so he can't make the decisions so the 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 black queen makes all the decisions is making a lot of the decisions for the country Interesting. about style yeah. about who's getting married yeah. like she's in the middle of all this gossip and it's um but she's also helped running the country so it changes the power dynamic yeah. you know yeah. and it's really worth watching because it fucks with the race construct big time. Okay. So I think it's worth you and Sam watching not only, and it's super sexy, racy, racy, like with nudity and sexuality, uh, all kinds of racy, racy, like even with, uh, even it tackles the gay issue too. So it's racy, racy. Okay. Like it doesn't, it doesn't pull any punches on slapping patriarchy race. It's like Shonda had a list of everything that irritated her. Right. And they cover it all in this sweeping epic saga. And it got another season. Like it had so many watchers. Oh wow. Like there, there were, there's fan fiction about it. There is, like where people are making up their own love stories with people. There's, there's all this stuff weird. that goes That's along so with it. It's just, <laughs> yeah, people are digging it. So Part weird. of it's cause it's so fucking racy. Like people are like, woo, well, I had to turn up the, turn down the air conditioner in my house. Cause it was so hot. When I see, when I see boobies on TV, I have to cover my eyes. Oh my God. Oh my God. I can't look at. No, truck. cause it's not just boobies that you see on TV. I gotta, yeah, I'll have to cover my eyes. Yeah, yeah. You have to cover Sam's eyes, uh, right? Okay. Because there's some penises r- flapping around in there too. Uh, so, um it is it is it's worth watching just because it fucks with the race construct so much. And if she tries wieners. to Oh my god. That wasn't as effective <laughs> as the echo. That didn't echo very well. It more expanded the sound. Wieners. There you go. <laughs> Although I, we don't need wieners echoing through the stratosphere. <laughs> oh, I apologize to our few listeners. <laughs> Keith, Keith's going to get us a laugh track and a clap track. Oh, I, man, I, I so want to. Okay, well. Yeah, I'm going to have to find some. I'm getting you these cheap headphones. Do you? Because all that contraption you got going on is too much of a pain in the ass. I got it working now, though, man. And look. I know, but you can't take that with you on the road Here, on. if y'all go on a trip. Sure. We could do commentaries from... From the woods. Keith wants to live in the woods. I do. Yeah. So here's the tremolo. Is that good? Oh. The tremolo makes you sound more bass. Maybe that's what I need. Oh, interesting. Give me some bass, baby. All right. Well, anyway, um, I know you're probably getting hungry. So do you want to? Yeah, I got to go. You gave an, a great endorsement of Bridgerton. Do you want to endorse anything else or recommend very quickly? Um. Walter, I, I think I've I've mentioned Walter Isaacson's uh, biographies that he does. I mentioned Benjamin Franklin. Um, I don't know that I mentioned Steve Jobs, but uh, any one of Walter's I Walter Isaacson's, starting with Benjamin Franklin, it's worth if you drive a decent amount. It's worth loading that on Audible. We don't get paid by Audible. We should probably because I use Audible a decent amount. Um, that or use some other some other ebook reader and and listen to one of the biographies. They're 
they're thick and rich. I, I listen to Einstein's too. You'll just, your knowledge of, he really researches history and he's no joke. I mean, he was the head of CNN, I think at one time. He's he's just done a whole bunch of things in his life. And on the side, he wrote these biographies mm. for something to do. Mm. So um, he, he uh, he's, uh, I'm getting ready to load the one and I don't read them because they're gigantic. And I think the size of them freaks would might would freak me out. I listen to them on audible. Hmm. So I'm going to do, um, Leonardo da Vinci. Cool. So, um, interestingly enough, I totally forgot he was gay, but Isaacson, I heard him on a podcast recently talking about like delving into like Steve jobs and da Vinci and, Einstein, what do they have in common? What do they not have in common so far as what he, he from his investigations? Um, but he said he even, even tried to learn the theory of relativity when he was doing Einstein's just so he could talk about it. So he was able to understand the theory. He said it kicked his ass a lot more than anything. Like, And so one of the things he figured out about Einstein was that he really was a little bit sharper than the average Joe. Like he, he really had a little extra oomph, whether he got it from environment or from natural and, you know, the speculation on that, but, but uh, so, I mean, it's the guy really delves into his biographies and they're really worth, especially if you're driving, they're really worth listening to because you'll learn something about our society from him. Like he is a great cultural commenter the the author is himself so that's walter isaacson any one of his biographies um they've been recommended over and over to me and various really astute podcasts that i listen to Hmm. and so um i think i i did the ben franklin one um i've i've certainly done ben franklin steve jobs and einstein and they've all been worth listening to Um, you know, if you get a little bit bored about a section and one of those good things about that, you can just fast forward, fast forward. Yeah. 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 Hmm. It's not like, it's not like fighting with your podcast feed to make it delete some, I have one, I had one that I couldn't figure out to get it to skip a few episodes because I'd already listened to them, but it wouldn't mark them as played. Weird. Finally, I had to delete them out of the thing and I had to go in and like make it go also, it wants to go from newest to least, and so if you're if you're listening to a history podcast, you want to start at the beginning. Well, some of these history podcasts started in 2010, like so. I'm doing the history of England, mm-hmm. and it kept wanting to go back to the first one or the last one done, which is way far into the future from where I was at. Right, like, and that just was pissing me off. So, and that's the Apple one, the one that comes with your iPhone. So, if anybody has trouble with those, I'm with you on that because yeah. that shit. Took me forever, and I almost had a wreck a couple of times. I finally realized I didn't need to be fucking with them while I was driving. So, and this, um, and this is why I use analog equipment. Yeah, yeah, that shit took you thirty minutes to get that shit working. I got it working. Yeah, you right. did. It sounds good. Thank you. So, what's your recommendation? Um, I'm going to recommend that everyone go buy at least the CD version of the unearthed recordings of John Coltrane's "Love Supreme" live in Seattle. Somebody had recorded it. He only played the whole suite, I think, twice live ever. And then he he moved on from it. Uh, Is that suite an album? mm -hmm. Yeah. So Love Supreme is the, uh, A Love Supreme technically is the record that he did that like was the landscape changer. 
but okay. when he went on tour, he only because he used different chord progressions and stuff. It's, or it's, it just, it's was... just that record. It's just like the record where he put it all together. It was, okay, he had the per the right quartet. It was the perfect record, perfect band. It's just perfect. It was like super spiritual and religious, but it all made sense. It was just it's you know, so he he they went on tour, but they only did a Love Supreme twice. And when they were in Seattle, somebody recorded it. I forget the guy's name. Long and short is, is Impulse released it Friday. What's Impulse? That's the record label, the jazz record label. Okay. The new wave of jazz is on Impulse. By the way, if, okay. you, if you guys want to hire me to make that a commercial, we can, I can put delay on it. The new wave of jazz is on Impulse. They didn't do it. Oh, fuck. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so um, I haven't heard it yet, but supposedly it's um, it is like uh, ecstatic in its performance, and by that, what I mean to say is that it it has the potential to give you allegedly, if you're really into music, give you the feeling of of ecstasy because it's it's apparently a very very good spirited performance, and if I'm not mistaken. I think that he augments the band with another horn player and another bass player, I think. Wow. But I can't remember in these live recordings. Um, mm -hmm. The the record itself is just a, is a, is a quartet. But uh, other than that, for some reason, I've been thinking a lot about Soundgarden lately. So go listen to Soundgarden because that's fun too. Oh, I'm going to do that today. I haven't, I haven't thought it. it's his sunroof day. So I'll open up my sunroof and ride around with Soundgarden yeah. playing. 30 year anniversary of Bad Motorfinger and uh, Super Under. Reminds me of my nightclub. Fuck yeah. Cool. Yeah, because that was, that was back during that time. Yeah. He was just coming out. So, and that's it. That's all I got to say. All right. Well, we love our audience, the two of you or five of you, whoever's listening. Yeah. And uh, Keith, I guess we'll hear, uh, we can. Next week, I will be in Florida. So it might be possible to do a podcast or a distance or a tra an extra special. I will, pass. I will have the computer with me. I can easily throw these headphones in there. Okay. Um, you know, I'll be on the, the laptop is still running right now. So, um, you know, I just will have a smaller picture on the screen, but all right, it's no big deal. I'll, I might try to do that just to give a view from the, uh, just to give an idea from Florida because I will have the laptop, but I'll text you and let you know. We might have a breakfast to go to or something that we've got scheduled that I don't know about. Okay. All right. All right tell everybody. Sam I said hello. I will. Stay, all right. Stay on when we, but when you stop recording because I got to get the login so I can get this audio. And until next time, everyone. Okay. See you on On Conversation. 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 Conversation.